0: Galatians chapter 6, good to see you all this morning. Uh, We're going to talk about bearing one another's burdens. We all have burdens, do we we not? Sometimes they're heavy, Uh, maybe they're emotional burdens, physical, relationships can be burdens at times, finances can burden us. And uh, we're no different than the lost world. Believers have burdens, believe it or not. Uh, Being in Christ doesn't just take those things away. We're going to read through uh, the first five verses here this morning. And then we'll look at the idea of uh, burdens and bearing them for one another. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted." Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think uh, himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Bearing one another's burdens. Did anybody have any burdens this week? Of course. Sometimes we may not realize it because we're so used to to carrying that. There's there's a certain level of burden I think just in waking up. I mean, you got to wake up next to a spouse that can be a burden. For some, not for me. Mine is just pleasant. And, and, uh, it's a treat every morning. Um, but sometimes we just get accustomed to certain things, and and if we're not careful, we can branch out in the flesh and feel confident in what we're, we're going about this life. But uh, the reality is we all have burdens, and uh, the word burden here, or, or to bear, I mean, uh, in our text, has the idea to carry or to take up, and it really conveys, conveys the idea that we would help somebody carry their load. When we talk about bearing, uh, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, but verse 2, it says, bear ye one another's burdens. And so we ought to help carry the load of others. And we'll, we'll, we'll capture some of that, uh, I hopefully, throughout this lesson. But I got four things this morning. We got to help. We got to take up. And we got to check up. Sometimes we need to do a check of our own self and our motives behind that. And then, uh, verse 5, we'll talk about loading up. Sometimes we just got to deal with it. We got our own burdens to deal with. And so, but this morning, the first thing, the command here to bear one another's burdens... Uh, follows verse 1. And so look at verse 1 with me. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So the idea here is somebody has uh, fallen or made a mistake. They've been overtaken in a fault, it says. Uh, And so uh, the word overtaken carries the idea of someone that's running. Uh, They're trying to do the right thing, I believe. uh, But sin has caught up with them, uh, and uh, they've been overtaken in a fault. Uh, it became faster than them, maybe. Uh, that seems, everything seems to be faster than it used to be for me. Uh, the older I get, the slower I think I become. Things just start catching up with me a lot quicker than I think they, they used to. Uh, but listen, in the, in the Christian life, sometimes we can be overtaken in fault. Uh, We we can get caught up in something that maybe we didn't even expect. Uh, And listen, that happens to brothers and sisters occasionally. They're overtaken in a fault. Uh, So none of us, no matter how spiritual we may seem, are above being overtaken. Uh, It can happen. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So don't ever forget that warning, right? So when we look at our brothers and our sisters that maybe have Fallen, uh, they've been overtaken. They they've sinned. They've made a mistake. Uh, listen, don't don't rejoice in that. Well, I knew they were never going to make it. How foolish! Amen. But sometimes we do glory in other people's failure. What a shame! What a shame. I, I, I've had conversations with people that were glorying in the failure of other people. I knew that church wouldn't last. What a shame. We ought to be praying that God gets the victory in their life and, and through their ministry. Uh, listen, uh, we're all susceptible to that. How would you like to be treated if you were overtaken by some sin? Right. You want people talking behind your back? Oh, I knew they were going to make it. I knew they weren't. I knew they weren't serving the Lord. They're, they're just not doing right. Uh, I think you would like to be treated with kindness and forgiveness and, and maybe somebody that's going to help bury that load. Help you with that burden there. Uh, so the word here that we see, restore, means to repair or to mend. It says, Brethren, if man be overtaken to default, uh, you which are spiritual, uh, such and one in this, restore, excuse me, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself also, or considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. But, the word "restore" means to repair or to mend. We ought to be there to help them pick up the pieces, uh, to mend the nets, uh, to bring restoration. Uh, it has the idea of a broken bone uh, that's out of joint, and and uh, we maybe we help reset that thing. Uh, we are mending uh, the nets with them, and so I'm not very I'm not an English scholar by any means, but let's parse this out a little bit. The thought of this word restore, it's in an imperative mood, which means it's a command. We are commanded to help restore those people that have been overtaken in a fault, those people that have failed. Uh, And uh, it's in the present tense. So it's a continuous action. We should always be willing and ready to help those that need it. And so that I think that indicates a need for patience and perseverance and, and maybe some forbearing that we've talked about before. Because sometimes, you know, there seems to be people that maybe they get overtaken more often than others. Right. We never should give up on them. Right. We should continue to be there for them, continue to help them with this load, uh, continue to be there to restore them and to help them. Uh, it's the active voice meaning the subject, which in this case is ye which are spiritual, right, performs the action. So those that are spiritual are the ones that are performing the restoration or uh, uh, at least helping in that process. And I think that might be the the kicker here. Are we spiritual? Have we grown to the place where we're not going to be critical or, or judgmental? of those people that have failed. Uh, a lot of us would like, oh yeah, I'm spiritual. We would, we would like to self-proclaim that sometimes. But what I've come to find is those people uh, that are spiritual, rare, they would never claim that. Look, we have the example of the Apostle Paul. Boy, throughout his life, he's, he expressed that he's the chiefest of sinners. He's unworthy because he understands his failures. He understands that potentially uh, he might become a castaway even though he's preached to others, he says. And so uh, what is it to be spiritual? Well, to not be carnal. To be spiritual is is to not be carnal, to do things God's way, you might say, to do it a biblically way, a a biblical way. And so we ought to be active in restoring our fallen brothers and sisters Listen, listen, not just praying and sitting around waiting for God to bring restoration. They need an encouraging word. Uh, They need support. The the burden is heavy. And so they need somebody that's spiritual. And and a lot of times we uh, grow spiritually because we've experienced perhaps what they've gone through and the failure that they're facing. And we've been able to get victory in in our life. And none of us are perfect But we can say, hey, this is how God's helped me. And encourage those ones. Listen, it's not to be taken on by the weak Christian or the novice in the faith. It says you which are spiritual. Those people that have been exercised, if you will. Uh, Those that are spiritual. How do you know if uh, you are spiritual? (laughs) Uh, That's a tough question, I think. Hebrews 5.14 says this, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Even those whose by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. And so here we see that strong meat or, or some, maybe some of the deep Bible uh, teachings and truths, uh, the phrase by reason of use means they're a mature believer familiar with the Bible and know how to apply it to life. So the spiritual person perhaps is somebody that knows their Bible. And they're able to use Scripture to help those that are struggling in in, in sin or they've been overtaken. Uh, I would say a mature believer is those that know how to use the Bible to restore someone who's overtaken in sin. And sometimes that's a difficult conversation. Uh, But uh, we need to be willing to have that conversation. Sometimes even the person that is in the fault may not want to have a conversation. But nonetheless, they should probably have that conversation. But don't forget what it says here in verse 1. It says, the spirit of meekness. It says, if a man be overtaken, fault you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Uh, so uh, this means that we are not condescending, condescending. Uh, We're not higher than them. We don't think that we're better than them. We don't have a a spirit of superiority. Well, look at me. I didn't fall. (laughs) I wasn't overtaken in this situation. You could be facing the same situation. And you could be faring better spiritually. But you don't need to make note of that (laughs) to them. Well, I made it through. What's your problem? Probably not the right thing to say, not very encouraging you know what that's going to do? That's going to add weight to the load. Weight to the burden. Uh, that's typically not an encouraging word to hear. As we try to help up the person uh, and get him or her back on track spiritually, we must obey Ephesians 4.2 with all lowliness and meekness. Why? Considering thyself. Listen, we can be tempted just as they are. Perhaps we were in victory this time, but you know as well as I do, we don't win the battle every time. We want to. I trust that you want to. I trust that you're striving for that in seeking God. And as, a, as you mature, you become the, the spiritual person. You, you Oftentimes we will fail less, Lord willing, right? And you guys are half dead to this morning. Uh, that, at least that's my experience in the Christian life. I know some of the things that I used to struggle with, they're not a battle like they used to be anymore. Yep. Because God has brought me along. It, it, mm. Let's move on. <clears throat> Listen, as we help those who have fallen, we must remember the warning to the mature believer, considering thyself. Listen, this could refer to following to the same temptation as I, as I kind of mentioned a moment ago. Uh, as the one trying uh, that you're trying to help or being tempted uh, to have spiritual pride. Sometimes that's just a challenge in the process. You're struggling with pride because you think you're better than somebody because you don't have the difficulties that they do. That's not the spirit of meekness and lowliness uh, that we're commanded to have as we help bring people along. When dealing with a brother or sister that's overtaken in sin, we should have the attitude of Christ that he deals with a woman that was caught in the very act. Of the Go to, you know what, let's turn there. John, I don't have this whole thing in my my notes, but I want you guys to look at this. John chapter 8. Because I think this we can we can see the attitude that some often have if we read this passage a little bit. Um, verses 10 and 11 is what's in my notes. Let me uh, back up here a, a moment. Uh, and I think it's verse 7 or verse 8. Nope, sorry, I'll I'll find it here. Yeah, verse 4. And so we have these people that bring this woman to uh, to Jesus, and it says in verse 4, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. Look what it says, in the very act. I could just hear their voice. Man, this woman's committed adultery. In the very act, we caught her. And how aggressive they would have been to condemn this woman because, man, in the very act. And oftentimes, that's our response. Boy, I got you. Look at what you did. And in the very act, it says. There ain't no denying this. It took place, and she's been caught. But look down in verses 10 and 11. It says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw, and so, well, actually, let's read verse 5 all the way down. I don't want you guys to miss the context. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. And so the man, we caught this woman in the act. It's time to throw rocks. We're going to take some action here. She ought to be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said is tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto him, them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee, Go and sin no more. So you see the attitude of our Savior is an attitude of forgiveness and understanding. And no doubt those, those men that were there, we, there's a lot we can draw from that, but um, we're not going to do that this morning. But listen, those men were obviously convicted in their heart because they knew. The Scripture doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote, and so I won't speculate this morning. But the bottom line is our Savior is very forgiving and understanding. And so, when we come across somebody that's hurting, we come across somebody that's f- failed in the very act, we need to be careful of the attitude we have toward them. We should not have a condemning attitude. Our Savior did not, but He encouraged her to go and, and to sin no more. And so, listen this morning, all I'm trying to tell you is we need to help people up. Amen. People around us will fail. People will fall into sin. And we, as the spiritual, should be willing to help them, to encourage them, uh, to lead them biblically through that that challenge that they're facing, whatever it could be. And so are you helping people or are you condemning them? In verse 2, It says this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Obviously, that's kind of our text verse. Uh, But I I think it really is dealing with spiritual burdens, such as a burden of guilt or shame because of of some sin, uh, is is the context if you look at verse 1. However, I think it can go beyond that. Uh, The word in here, I mentioned it before, has the idea of lending a helping hand and in helping somebody take up their load. Many of life's burdens are not spiritual, but require a helping hand. Uh, It's not always a spiritual thing, necessarily. Often our burdens are emotional. Boy, people get stressed, fear, anxiety, which arguably are spiritual things, but uh, worry, depression, uh, but sometimes they're physical. Illnesses, some people tend to overwork themselves, overwhelming problems or circumstances. Uh, things that sometimes you get into too deep, you get it. I know, disregard that. I know sometimes you get so busy, your load is more than you can really bear. And you need somebody to help out with that. Um, <clears throat> oftentimes, we just need somebody to come alongside us and say, hey, let me grab a wrench. Let me tighten that bolt for you. Because it's a loose, you know. what? No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> I think this is really the point of the series, but it really applies to burdens especially of fellow believers. Those that we fellowship here amongst church. And so this place, if somebody needs help, this is the place to go. Right here, this is the place where nobody should be judging. Nobody should be critical. But the truth sometimes may be difficult. We, we must understand that. And so if there is a situation, we, the truth needs to be said. But the reality is it ought to be with the attitude to help them up. But also, I think we can help others without. I, I think it extends to people that are not believers. Uh, this I think we see examples after example in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew 22 39 says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But we see it in Exodus 23, uh, in verse 5, If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee, so boy, that guy that hates you, lying under his burden, and wouldest bear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. So I think this can extend to people without the walls of our church, those that don't know Christ. Uh, Listen, it says that's how we fulfill the law of Christ. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So what is the law of Christ? I think simply we can just say, uh, for Galatians 5.14, for the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's Galatians 5.14, just one chapter back. And so that, I think that's an uh, easy way to put it. Carrying each other's burdens is simply love and action and the fulfillment of the command of Christ. Uh, that we would uh, help folks with their burdens. Look at verses 3 and 4 with me this morning. For if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. A checkup, this means we check our attitudes to see if we have a condescending spirit. For if a man thinketh himself to be something, look what it says. One, he is nothing. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we really are nothing. You're nothing. You're no, nothing special. You're not better than the person that failed. You're not better than them. And so uh, check up this morning. Don't forget, without me, you can do nothing. Not me, but Jesus. God knows we will not be effective in carrying one another's burdens if we have too high an opinion of ourselves. When we have a superiority complex, we become intolerant of the failures and weaknesses of others. I have to admit, in my Christian experience, that I've seen that in the church. People that are just intolerant of people that seem to not be at their level. That's not Christ-like. Listen, nobody was at Christ's level. Huh? Right? The Creator, God Himself, Jesus here ministering to those that are nothing. How dare we in the congregation of believers ever get to the point where we think we're something? And we think we have attained a level that we're superior to somebody and so we're unwilling to help them. Well, they just need to get their life together. They just need to get their act together. Well, they probably do. But that's not the right attitude. You need to help them get their act together. You're nothing. I think sometimes we need a regular attitude checkup. Otherwise, we will add to the burdens of others by acting like We are better than they are. That just becomes a burden to people. Because they're never, I can't measure up. I'm just not as good. I can't, oh, what in the world? But the reality is, you're not spiritual if you're doing that. And it's proof because you're not helping them. You're not bearing their burden. Even though a person with that attitude would say, I'm spiritual and I've attained this. They might not say that, but that's their attitude or their actions would indicate that. But it's an indictment on their spiritual condition. They're truly not spiritual. Listen this morning, you haven't arrived. I would say if the Apostle Paul hadn't apprehended, most of us probably pale in comparison. And that's just humanly speaking, speaking of the Apostle Paul as a man. We haven't arrived When you do that, you're just being an egotistical scribe or a lawyer. Jesus dealt with them very harshly. Uh, He condemned them. them. They were supposed to be the experts or the scholars of the Old Testament law. And Jesus says, woe. Luke 11, 46, and he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Boy, these people are just being critical. Just piling on the load and, and making life difficult for others, but they won't even lift a finger. They're not willing to touch anything. Listen this morning, don't be a scribe. Don't be a lawyer. Don't be a Pharisee. You, whatever term you want to be. Don't be self-righteous. Never be guilty of acting in such a way as to leave a hurting person more burdened than you found them. What a shame. Somebody that's hurting and in, 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 somebody that God loves. God wants restoration. And, and how dare us to leave them in a position that we uh, are not helping them. Be a lifter, not a loader. Lift them up. Help them. Uh, don't load them down. Uh, do a checkup. Don't get so self righteous That you can't think you would be there yourself. It just reveals a lack of love and a lack of spirituality in your life, which I'm going to tell you this morning that's sin. It's not a good place to be. The Bible says, I can have a gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, have all knowledge, faith to move mountains. Be all these great things. However, if you don't have charity, you're nothing. If you don't show love, it means nothing. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Attaining all the knowledge and understanding in the Bible uh, as well as having the ability to explain these things means nothing if we don't show love and help people. The more we know, the the problem is sometimes we get lifted up in pride. 1 Corinthians 8.1, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know uh, that we all have knowledge. Look what it says in the latter part of the verse. Knowledge puffeth up. But charity edifieth. Listen this morning. We need to be an encouragement to others. You're not better than them. If anything, if you think you're so spiritual, you should be in a place to help them. not be critical. And lastly this morning, look at verse 5, if you would with me. For every man shall bear his own burden. Boy, what a contradiction. Bear ye one another's burdens. No, it's not. But listen, you can't dump all of your burdens on other people to carry them for you. There are times where we got to load up and bear our own. It's not a contradiction. Bear you one another's burdens, uh, where the word burdens refers to heavy and crushing load there in verse 2. It's, uh, it's the word baros, I believe it's pronounced, and it refers to that uh, a crushing load that really you can't bear alone. And so somebody else is is kind enough to come and help you. But it's a different word for burden here in verse 5. It's fortion, you know, that's the best I can do for Greek for you. Uh, I didn't go to college for Greek, so uh, forgive me, please. But this one refers to more of a lighter backpack every foot soldier might carry load, like a day pack. When I was in the Air Force, I was seem to be tacked onto the Army frequently. And the Army's a special group. They're, they're special. And when I mean special, they do things... Listen, we, I give the Army a hard time, but historically, the Army's very good at what they do. Uh, and they have a very good purpose in how they do it. And so I would go to combat skills training, which wasn't a part of the deployment, but you go for a month or more, hang out with the Army and get some training from them and all that stuff, do all the live fires, but they would load us up with all this gear. And you get this giant rucksack that nobody wanted to get. It's almost as tall as me. Look, I'm kind of short, right? And so this big old rucksack, and you have all this gear, all this armor, and all these things, and your ammo and all this. Um, and we had to have that with us all the time because we were going out to different, we wouldn't always go back to our home base. Uh, but if we knew it was a one-day trip, they had a smaller backpack, and it was called the day pack. And it was just the essentials you needed for that mission for that day. And so that's the idea of bearing your own burdens. There's some things that you just have to suck it up and deal with. That's your burden. But you don't have to take the whole company's equipment on your back and to carry that thing around. Because sometimes when uh, the equipment load in our lives, so to speak, when those burdens start to pile up, all of a sudden there's that day pack is, is not enough to carry it all. So you have to start putting it in your rucksack, and next thing you know, you got to put it in the, uh, the uh, Humvee or whatever type of vehicle you have. But listen, all of a sudden, it becomes a group effort because sometimes the load does get bigger. So that, there's not a contradiction here. Um, the word here in, in verse 5, that word burden is the same a word that Jesus used in Matthew eleven thirty, 30, and it says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so our Lord understands that sometimes there are burdens that, that I don't think he ever intended us to bear on our own. Yeah. Or he wouldn't have given the commandment to bear you one another's burdens. There are some things that are significant enough. I'm going to get ahead of myself. But um, listen, we couldn't bear our own burden in sin. Christ took that. It's in my notes here, but I might not get to it, so I wanted to mention that. Listen, we are not to help a person who refuses to carry his, her own burden. Because Christians are known to be loving and generous and kind, there are people who will take advantage of us. The Bible teaches us there are times we need to stand back and let other people take responsibility for themselves. You can't solve everything for everybody. As much as sometimes we would like to. And I know for my, me, and when I think of my children, boy, would I love to do that for them. Yep. Boy, I've been down this road. I'm 40 years old, 41. I'm getting old, boy. Um, <laughs> like, I'm looking at them thinking, but that's a stupid decision. Let me just help you out here. But I can't always do that for them. Sometimes they got to learn. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give them counsel. I'm going to try to guide them and train them and teach them along the way. But, but listen, sometimes people just have to carry their own load. I never asked anybody to carry my day pack when we were on a mission. But you know what? When I was going in and out of theater and I had like six bags that were almost as big as me that weighed 75 pounds each, I didn't always carry those myself. It was a group effort. I huffed their bags, they huffed my bags. We, we shared the burden. Some people sometimes need to, to step up to the plate. Listen, there are times when we need to rely on the Lord rather than on a person. Sometimes God allows us to have a problem only He can help us carry. There might not be anybody in this world that can help you. But God can. In this situation, we have a wonderful opportunity to rejuvenate our prayer life, do we not? Boy, it's an opportunity to to reinvigorate our relationship with our father and we see examples of that throughout the book of psalms and people that had turned to the lord in their affliction and those things but psalm 40 in verse 1 and 2 it says this i waited patiently for the lord he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going sometimes there's only only god can help people And so this morning, I don't want anybody to have the idea that you don't have to carry your own load. You most certainly do. There are things that you're responsible to deal with. The Word of God tells us, if a man would not work, neither should he eat. And that's just an example of some of the things that sometimes we got to carry our load. We can't be freeloaders. We can't expect everything to be free. bearing one another's burden requires us to help people to help take up their load at times to ensure that we do a checkup on ourselves but sometimes they need to load up and carry their own baggage but i think as i mentioned you alluded to that the greatest example of carrying one another's burdens is when jesus christ carried the burden of our sin at calvary Isaiah 53.5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Sometimes there's, we just need God. Christ was the only one that could do that for us. Christ lives through us when we continue his life by bearing one another's burdens. There are times, though, that we can help others. And we can encourage them and strengthen them. Listen this morning, we ought to help bear the burdens of each other. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for this day. We thank You, Lord, for Your Word. And I pray, Lord, that You would just help us to be, Lord, a, a congregation of people that love one another. And Lord, that we would be there to encourage and to support and to bear the burdens of others. And Lord, we do thank You for bearing the burden of our sin. Lord, that we might go in. And Father, this morning we ask that you would bless the worship hour. Lord, we pray that you would be with the singing. Lord, we trust that it will be glorifying to you. And Father, we pray that you would bless it and use it, Lord, to get our hearts ready for the preaching of your word. We pray for our pastor this morning. We ask that you would fill him with the spirit, Lord. Lord, it's good to see him back. We thank you that he's able to be here. We pray that you'd strengthen him physically. And Lord, bless. As the word of God is preached this morning, do a work in our midst that would draw each one nearer to you. We'll give you the glory for all of it. In Christ's name, amen.